Hello and welcome to Movement Disorder Podcast. I am Danish Bahati. This week's podcast will focus on Huntington's disease and its implications. To discuss this fascinating disease, we have the pleasure of having on our show Dr. Amy Hellman, the Director for Huntington's Disease Society of America, or HDSA, Center of Excellence for Huntington's Disease. I have worked with Amy for almost four years now, and the most important thing I can tell you about her is that she's always smiling and is always happy. Amy, what's your secret for that? You know, I don't know that I have a secret for it. I um, am just very blessed that I am naturally a happy person. So why don't you start with telling us a little bit about yourself and tell us one thing that you think no one will know about your career in movement disorders. Well, I am originally from California, but I grew up mostly in Nebraska, a small town out in western Nebraska. Um, I went to medical school here at UNMC. I did my neurology training at UC Davis in Sacramento. I did my movement disorder fellowship training at the University of Pennsylvania and the Philadelphia VA, and then I returned to UNMC to join the movement disorders department as a faculty member. I don't think I've really told anybody about this. Even as a child, I was fascinated um, with movement. I loved dance, ballet, uh, and gymnastics. I wanted to be Nadia Comaneci. And um, wow. although I didn't quite have the insight as a young child, I realize now in retrospect that it was the, the control of movement in those things that drew me to them. So Great. Now that we know a secret about you, I think I won't be surprised with your answer to this next question. What is Huntington's disease and why you chose to make that your focus? Huntington's disease is a uh, genetic, uh, progressive neurodegenerative disorder that causes uh, abnormal movements, most often involuntary movements, along with psychiatric uh, symptoms and uh, progressive dementia. It is, as you guessed, it was the involuntary movements and the dance-like quality of the movements Uh that first drew me to Huntington's disease. Yes. (laughs) Um, And the more I learned about it, the more passionate I became. Uh, They're very special people. The disease affects the entire family, even those that don't have the disease themselves. So it's it's something that really draws you in. You get and have just kind of became really passionate about it. One of the highlights in our department two years ago have been the designation of HD Center of Excellence. I know you put a lot of work into it and it has been very exciting, but what is an HD Center of Excellence and what are your activities with it? So the HDSA, or the Huntington's Disease Society of America, designates centers of excellence um, for the care of Huntington's disease. Mm -hmm. What they are, kind of a one-stop shop for multidisciplinary, high-quality care for people with Huntington's disease. So it includes a neurologist, a psychiatrist, Mm -hmm. um, a social worker. We also have a genetic counselor Uh and a dietitian. We have all of those here in clinic, so um, a patient can come to one appointment and see everybody in one place. Uh, We also work very closely with our neuropsychologist, as well as our physical therapy, occupational therapy, and speech therapy uh, for additional supportive services for people with Huntington's disease. It keeps me very busy. (laughs) Just (laughs) actually having everybody in one place simplifies a lot. So we're able to sit there and and talk in real time um, with all of the providers about how best to go about treating these people. So is this a certification that you need to get once and you're certified for lifetime as a center of excellence? Or is it something that you need to work on every year for a recertification? 
there are three different levels. Level one are the largest centers, and they have the designation for three years. Mm. Level two and three are smaller centers, okay. and they have to be redesignated each year. Each year. We are level three, so every year. Um, it's a, It takes about half the year to go through the process wow. of applying and um, you know obtaining the, the recertification. So does it require any research participation to be a center of excellence? It does. And um, in particular, um, it requires that uh, we be a um, study site for the Enroll HD study, which is longitudinal observational study mm -hmm. in Huntington's disease, mm -hmm. in which we just enroll patients. And once a year, we do different scales on them to kind of see how Huntington's um, affects people over time. Also, it is um, important that we be part of the Huntington study group, which uh -huh. we were actually bef even before we became a center of excellence. So Nebraska have been like home to you. What was it like coming back to home after all these years? It was wonderful, actually. Um, I didn't realize quite how good I had it here until I left. Wow. I mean, I knew <laughs> my training was good, but the environment, way everything is run from the clinic to the hospital, um, compared to other places that I trained, it's just a lot more supportive. There's a lot more resources. It frees you up a little bit more to give a little bit higher quality care to the, the patients. So, and plus everybody's nice here. So it was great. I've, I've loved coming back. And then the patients, of course, are wonderful. I love, I love the, uh, the Midwestern uh, patients as well. That's great. Uh, now I've heard um, rumors that you're also uh, arranging an annual HD conference. Yes. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Absolutely. Every year we have an educational conference, a, a symposium for people with Huntington's disease as uh, well as their families and caregivers mm -hmm. to teach. We try to teach a little bit, uh, you know, have something there for everyone. So people who are new to Huntington's mm -hmm. disease, we, we try to cover the basics. We also give um, updates on research and kind of get into the more complicated um, late stage care. So we try to again, again make it a comprehensive um, educational and support sort of symposium for everybody. Wonderful. So is that something that you plan or intend to do annually? Yes. We are, um, our last one was about a year and a half ago because we were doing it in the fall and decided to, to move it to the spring. I'm really excited because this year uh, my mentor from residency, Dr. Vicki Wheelock, is coming from UC Davis Medical Center. Wow. Uh, she is phenomenal. Um, she's an excellent doctor, an excellent neurologist, huge in Huntington's disease, built one of the first HDSA centers of excellence. And she works with Dr. Jan Nolta on stem cell therapy in Huntington's disease. Wow. And she's just the most amazing person I've ever known. I want to be Dr. Wheelock when I grow up. Wonderful. Well, I'm now really sad I'm going to be missing this, but I'm going to be in the air flying back home. Uh, but, you know, I think this is a very good segue. You mentioned uh, research in stem cell and HD, and I know there's a lot of uh, gene therapy and new exciting things yes. coming. So can you give us a brief overview of what the future looks like for HD? Absolutely. It is a very exciting time in Huntington's disease. Right now, through the Huntington Study Group, there are two studies that are looking at different compounds that hopefully may slow down the disease process in Huntington's disease. Wow. The, so the studies are Legato HD and Signal HD, which are looking at uh, liquinamod and a monoclonal antibody focused more on the inflammatory process or the immune system mm -hmm. in the brain. So not, not directly on the gene itself, but on part of the disease process uh -huh. that can we, can we slow this down. There is also a company called Ionis 
that is studying a compound that's called Ionis HTT. It's a compound that's called an antisense oligonucleotide. ASO. ASO, yes. Mm -hmm. That actually targets the Huntington gene to decrease the production of the Huntington protein. Wow. Um, this is very exciting. It's the first compound that's been studied in humans to actually affect the gene function. It's in very early stages, so phase one um, in human trials, but they are expecting to finish that up this year in 2017. There is also another company called Wave Pharmaceuticals that has a slightly different ASO that also targets the Huntington gene, and they are getting started to, or getting ready to start phase one human studies as well. So very, very exciting time that these are actually starting to finally come out in humans. In animals, they're still looking at other ways to kind of silence the gene, um, as well as, as I mentioned, stem cell therapies and other ways that we can actually fit, affect the disease process. But those are not quite in humans mm -hmm. yet, but we're getting closer. Wow. So, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, and I don't know a lot about HD. Uh, the idea is that the diseases like HD, which are trinucleotide repeat disorder, there's a long tail, yes. which is abnormally long, and we're trying to find a ways to just clip that tail. So actually, with the ASOs um, and some of the um, other gene silencing treatments that they're looking at right now, Instead of actually, it's not doing, that's, that we call gene editing, when you clip out part of the gene, uh -huh. what it's doing is just basically blocking translation of the gene into the protein. So you're decreasing the, the Huntington protein, but not actually changing the gene. Not, yeah, and not even clipping the tail on the protein, just uh, blocking it so there's not as much of the abnormal protein. Right now, the Ionis ASO, it just decreases both the normal Huntington and the abnormal Huntington. Uh -huh. With the idea of as long as we have some normal um, Huntington and not as much abnormal Huntington, we think we can still affect the disease in a positive way. I see. Now, you know, there are many other diseases which are trinucleotide repeat disorder. Yes. You know, Friedrich ataxia, for example, mm -hmm. would be one. Um, do you think similar mechanism can then be uh, adapted for those other conditions? Absolutely. In fact, I know in spinal muscular atrophy, they're um, studying ASOs, and it's another trinucleotide repeat disorder, I think. And they are, um, in animal studies, they are working on gene editing. So there's a couple different ways where they, they do actually go in. Um, there's one thing that's called CRISPR. And another thing that I forget what it's called, talon or something like that, that actually goes in and does clip the tail on the gene. Wow. I think they're lo looking at that a little bit more with like juvenile Huntington's where the tail is really, really, really long. Mm -hmm. But that, so again, early phase is still only in animals, but that is something that they are looking at as well. Cool. Well, you know, one bad habit I have on this show is that I disclose every week something personal about <laughs> the guest speaker we have. So I have been fascinated and impressed by your interest in performing arts. So why don't you tell us a little bit about that? Well, as I mentioned, you know, even as a child, I was fascinated with um, ballet and dance as well as gymnastics. I didn't get into gymnastics, but I did take ballet lessons as a kid and kind of got out of it as I was older, but always wanted to return to it. So um, in the last year or so, um, I actually started taking ballroom dance lessons and kind of got back into that. And it's been a lot of fun learning the different dances. I think waltz is probably one of my favorites. And something that just feels, uh, you know, it's, it's a stress reliever. It's a lot of fun and, um, you know, makes me feel uh, like I'm using the other parts of my brain that I don't get to work, use at work and everything too. <laughs> so That's I, I really you know, enjoyed it. You really give a new meaning to the word shaky doctors. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I have great admiration for everything that I cannot do. So I know I would never be able to dance, but that's amazing. I'm really, really impressed. So at the end of this podcast, I would like to ask you, what 
tip you might have for the listeners out there who are learning to be movement disorder neurologists? I have to remind myself often to always look at somebody with fresh eyes if you can. Mm -hmm. And um, don't just pick up where you left off with the patient the last time, but go back to be the beginning because we miss things. We miss little uh -huh. details. And Well, this was so fascinating. I love this uh, episode today. Personally, thank you for being on this show. And, I, you know, I loved having you. Absolutely. Thank you. I really enjoyed it. Thank you so much. It's remarkable how fascinating the world of movement disorders is. And just to look at one facet of it can mesmerize you. I hope you're as thrilled as I am about today's episode. Your feedbacks and suggestions are highly appreciated. So write to us at unmc.mdpodcast at gmail.com and follow me on Twitter at danishbahati underscore MD. That is at D-A-N-I-S-H-B-H-A-T-T-I underscore MD. Hope to see you next time. Ciao, ciao.